Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. I want you to join me now in the book of Matthew. As we're going to be looking at scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to begin at verse number 1 today. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. Very easy to find our text today. Matthew, Mark, Matthew, the very first book of the gospel. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. And the word of God reads, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. We're going to speak today from the subject, Star of Wonder. Star of Wonder. Very familiar text, very familiar text that we see in this uh, in this passage, the scripture that uh, we see the things that we have been traditionally taught that we need to take a little bit of a closer look at in order to truly uh, get a, a little more clarity concerning the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we understand this, we see the awesome things that God did at his birth and leading up to his birth and right here in this moment. But before we dig in, there are two principles that we need to look at a little closer. Two principles within this story we need to look at a little more closely. First, we're going to start with Herod. Herod. Herod was an Edomite. He was half Jewish and half Edomian. Edomian. And Edomian was an Edomite. And he, he was also the made king of Judea. He was appointed by Augustus and Antonius. Appointed by Augustus and then later on Antonius. And here Herod was very insecure is one thing we, we learn about him. He's very insecure. He felt threatened by those around him. In fact, it was Augustus, uh, Caesar, it was Augustus Caesar. He said this. He said, listen, if you were, were a sow or his son, you'd have better luck if you were the former. In other words, if you were a sour pig, you would have better luck in surviving him than if you were his very own son. 
And the reason why he said that is because everyone that this man loved, he killed. Virtually everyone that he loved, he killed. He loved his father-in-law. His father-in-law loved him. He killed him. His sons thought the world of him, and he thought the world of them. He killed them. He killed his wife. He killed her mama. He killed... <laughs> this man was ridiculous. Everybody that was close enough to help him, he is like he knew the term that we use some centuries later. If you're close enough to help me, you may be close enough to hurt me. And he thought that, and he didn't give him a chance. He's like, I'm not going to give you a chance to hurt me. I'm going to take you out. That's how scary and, and frightful and, and, and how insecure this man was. But it's something interesting about him. His father was the reason why he got this position as king. His father, who had another position in the region, they looked at him, they saw Herod, and they took Herod and named him as king here, king of Judea. Interesting. His father was there, named as king, and, and, and here he's, he wants to find out about this Christ, this Jesus, because the father, God, took Jesus and was making him king. But here, this king, this, this, this carnal king, was afraid of anything that came after him because he thought everything was for himself. But yet Jesus poured out and laid out his life because he knew everything was for the Father. Just, just, it's this irony that we see right here in the midst of Scripture. He was thirsty for power, thirsty for power. Whatever he could do to get it, he would do it. He would do it. He was a cruel leader that was given the title Herod the Great. But there was a theologian who called him <laughs> Herod the Great Pervert. <laughs> That's the way he referred to him because he said he was a perversion of anything that was truly great. He said he was, he, he, there's nothing great about this man. In other words, what he was saying, there's nothing great about this man. He had accomplished many things. He built many, um, um, many uh, buildings, even cities within the area, within the region, within Judea. He had done all of this, but yet he was still a small man because of his fears, because of his fears. And it was here in the 35th year of his reign when Jesus was born. When Jesus was born, that is who Herod was. That's who Herod was. But now I want you to look at the wise men, the wise men. We understand that these wise men that appeared, they came from the east. They came from the east. The wise men have been referred to also as three kings. They've been referred to as three kings. And here we also understand that although that there's other historical documents that allude to uh, there possibly being three kings, possibly being three kings, it's believed that there were more than just those three. In fact, one account estimated that there was at least 14 of them, 14 of these wise men. Another account said that there were 12, that there were 12 of these wise men. But the number three actually is the, was derived from the number of gifts that they brought, the number of gifts that they brought. That's really where this number three came from. Also, the wise men are believed to truly be considered magi. 
to be considered magi. Now, these magi would have been Eastern men who had great knowledge of sorcery and astrology. But also, there was another group that was referred to as magi. They were east of Palestine east of Palestine, and in their region, there was actually a group of Jewish people, a group of Jewish people who had, who had settled there after they were released from Babylonian captivity. And it was in that region where they shared their faith as they worked and they labored. And oftentimes, many of these Magi would listen to them and talk with them. And this group of Magi was actually considered to be priests. They were equated to what we would know in, in text as Levites. And so they were priests and they would sit and they would learn and study. In fact, the things that they studied were philosophy, medicine, and science. And among the, the sciences that they really studied hard in was astrology. Astrology. And that's what brings us to our actual text today. In fact, when we look at this, it was because of their study, the Magi saw an unusual star that appeared in the sky. Here it is. They had all of this information that they had received from their Jewish counterparts. Everything that they had studied from constellations in the sky, stars and, and other celestial bodies, all these things were documented. But all of a sudden, there appeared this star that they had never seen. A star that they'd never known. And they're looking at it and they're saying, wait a minute. And they start looking at the things that the Jewish people shared. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. That there's something that's going on here. There's something that's aligning here. So after that, they saw this thing in the, in the sky, this star in the sky. And but something changed in these men. Something changed in these wise men when they began to seek out the star or to seek out the king of the Jews or Christ, Christ. Look with me back at verse number two. Here, verse two, it says, saying, so, saying speaking of the wise men, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him and are come to worship him. Listen, these wise men were in the east and actually saw the star in the west. They're in the east and actually see the star in the west. And this is where the song that many of us know, We Three Kings, it was written by John Henry Hopkins Jr. in the 1800s in Philadelphia. He wrote this song, penned it. He, he got this part right where he talks about where they were going. Remember, it says, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to that perfect light. Here, the, the, the songwriter was writing and was actually, he got the historical location of the star and its directional leading of the star correct. He got that right. But these wise men were also very aware of the prophecy of the Jewish king. Numbers 24 and 17 says this, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy the children of Sheth. Here, they understood the word. They remembered what their Jewish brethren had showed them and shared with them. They remembered the word. And when they saw this event 
or the star in the sky. They knew that they had to respond. They knew they had to respond to what they saw. And so they had to come out. I want you to notice something here. It's important to make note of this because their response, I want you to know that, that it wasn't to come and witness or observe him. But clearly, they were coming to worship him. They were coming to worship him. I need somebody to type in chat, I am here to worship. I am here to to worship. Listen, I didn't come for any other reason. There's no other pretext. There's no other pretense. I am here to worship my Savior. Listen, there's some people that go to church for a lot of reasons. There's some people that go to church because it's what they're used to do. It's what their tradition has been. But listen, we're here today just to worship the Lord. We're here to worship him because of everything he's done and what he continues to do. That's why we worship. That's why we worship him. We come because we want to know him better. We won't come because we want to have an experience with him that touches our hearts and changes us. Listen, these magi, they had to come and worship him. They said, listen, where is he that is called king of the Jews? Where is he? I need to find him. I need to see him. The only reason why I do, the only reason why we do is because we need to worship him. We need to worship him. This brings us to the next verse, verse number three. Look at this with me. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Herod heard this stuff and, and, and the insecurity in, in Herod was truly understandable. And it was going bananas at this point. He's like, king, king, wait a minute, wait a minute. How is that possible? Another king. And there he's so upset. He's trying to understand what's going on, who is going to threaten his kingship, who is going to threaten his leadership, his cushy position, the, the, the stuff he's had all these decades. You mean to tell me it's coming to an end now? He's thinking, no, that's impossible. What, what in the world are you talking about? So all of these things are running through his mind. But, but then the, the response of the people is a little bit more interesting because you would think that they would be celebrating. But that wasn't their response. The Bible says that just as Herod was concerned, just as he was troubled, so was all Jerusalem with him. The people in Jerusalem, they were concerned as well. Listen here, Herod, he knew the prophecies, but he had hoped that he would, uh, that, that it was simply a fantasy. There were fables and they would never come to pass. But the Jewish people, they knew that it should come to pass. But they had gotten to the place where they were comfortable. They were like, I'm, I'm good. Why in the world? What, what, what's going to happen now? Because anytime anything threatens this dude, he goes off killing folks. No, no, no. We don't need that. No, no, no. I'm good. Father, I, I, I understand you want to save us, but you know what? We're actually okay right now. We're actually good right now. In the midst of their sin, in the midst of everything, they had grown so apathetic. They just wanted to stay where they were. Stay in the situation where they were. Stay in the, 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 the normality that had come in their lives. They, they didn't want anything to change. No, no, no. Let's not change nothing. No, let's stay exactly the way it is. They had, go, they had become, become comfortable in their sin, in, in their situation, in their existence, and would rather remain there as opposed to experiencing the glorious liberty of the children of God delivered by their Messiah. And they knew this. 
This is what they had seen for centuries. It had been passed down from generation to generation. Even during the time of Josiah, where it was twisted and minimized, even the worst still trickled down through that age. And they still knew that there was a Messiah, a king that would come and deliver them. Even during that time. So at this age, after being delivered from Babylonian captivity, after going through all of these things, seeing it, they knew that it was supposed to happen. But they did not want it. They did not want it because they had just gotten to the place where things have gotten comfortable. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.